the Koi Gig part. I wouldn't even look at them. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even prepare mm. to play against them because you do not what you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> we could beat them six nil, or we could lose six nil. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. OTB's Rugby Daily with Deliveroo. Delivering matchday meal deals throughout the Six Nations. Welcome to Wednesday's Rugby Daily. My name is Richie McCormack, and on the way, we hear from Josh van der Fleer and Ronan Kelleher ahead of Sunday's Triple Crown showdown with Scotland. Matthew Jalabert is a doubt for France's game with England, and Razi Rasmus confirms talks with Nigel Owens as he looks to bury the hatchet with World Rugby. Rugby Daily is brought to you in partnership with Deliveroo, delivering matchday meal deals throughout the Six Nations. First up, the IRFU is to consult with clubs regarding tackling behaviour with a view to reducing head-on-head collisions. This is in line with formal proposals which are likely to come from World Rugby's executive board meeting later this month aimed at the community and underage levels. They're in phase two of a six-phase process which should culminate in August with the implementation of safer tackling practices. An information guide is to be issued to clubs and schools next week. Among the tackle height amendments they're looking at are below the sternum targeting the belly area which was trialled in community rugby in New Zealand this year, armpit tackle height which was trialled in the university level competition in South Africa back in 2019, a waist height tackle which was trialled in France in the community game there in 2019 as well and below the line of the nipple which was trialled in the World Rugby Under 20 trophy in 2018. Late dipping into a tackle could also be addressed as well as double tackling a single opponent. Now some good news ahead of Sunday's Six Nations clash with Scotland. All 37 members of Andy Farrell's Ireland squad trained in Abbottstown today ahead of the Triple Crown decider. That means the likes of Gary Ringrose, James Lowe, Stuart McCloskey and Keen Healy who all missed various aspects of last week's open session at the Aviva look good to go for Murrayfield. Josh van der Flaer and Renan Kelleher were on media duty today with the former asked what to expect from Scotland this weekend. Scotland of um, threats across the board really they're Forwards have been been really effective. Scrum and mall has been been very good. Um, obviously, as a as a back row, I always think towards the break, the breakdown. Um, lads like Jamie Ritchie and Hamish Watson coming back in. There's huge threat in that area. Um, so that's always always a focus for me. And then um, I think their the way their backline have been playing is a uh, is is makes it a big challenge for defenses. And you've seen. So far in the three games they've played, defences have struggled to, to live with them, so that'll be a, a big focus for us defensively as well. Van der Flaer was also asked about the influence of the experienced Jamie Ritchie in the Scotland back row. Jamie Jamie's a great Jamie Ritchie's a great player. Um really, really a good guy as well. Chat to him a good few times after games and um he's he's uh, very impressive on the field. He's a huge breakdown thread and Good ball carrier, good in the line out. He's he's really good, good all round back row, um, and I know he'll be. I mean, he'll obviously be be motivating the the Scotland players, which is obviously his role as a leader. But I don't know if they need they won't need much motivation, I guess, uh, with the prospect of a triple crown for them if they win. So um, we'll certainly be ready for a pretty motivated and and pumped up team, and I suppose. Um, Thinking of their back row as well. From my perspective, they'll be their top quality team, and they'll definitely have all the motivation they need uh, leading into the weekend. Scotland will be without Grant Gilchrist for the remainder of their campaign after he received a three-game ban for a high challenge on France's Anthony Yalanche. With that in mind, and the IRFU missile on tackling today, Renan Kelleher was asked how they police themselves in the tackle. 
Um, I think it's the, a lot of lads do um, a lot of technical work. Like you were just the lads were just chatting about uh, about Hugo, Kaylin, and Ronan being in the house. I mean, the three of them are probably the best that you'll see in terms of doing those tackle technique extras. And um, I think each individual um, has a responsibility to to get their technique right. That they're not going to be making those high shots and it's, it's an individual thing I guess it's hard for everyone for it to be coached as a team I guess but it's certainly something that's emphasised is having those good habits and focusing on trying to get your technique as good as possible and I think um, if each individual in the team is doing that then you'll hopefully end up with, with a lower discipline I guess Matthew Jalabert is a doubt for France's Six Nations meeting with England on Saturday. The Bordeaux back suffered an ankle injury in training today. Jalabert has come off the bench in all three of France's games so far this Six Nations, scoring their fourth try in their opening weekend win over Italy. He's likely to be replaced by either La Rochelle's Antoine Hastoy or Melvin Jaminet of Toulouse. Fabien Galtier names his team for Twickenham tomorrow, with the Jonathan Donty set to return from injury among the replacements. Richie Murphy has made three changes to his Ireland under-20 team for Friday night's meeting with their Scottish counterparts at Scotstoun. The only change among the backs sees Andrew Osborne make his debut at this age grade, replacing James Nicholson on the right wing. Tighthead Fiechna Barrett makes his first appearance of the competition, coming in for Paddy McCarthy. And Murphy has also decided to break up last year's Grand Slam winning second row partnership with Paul O'Connell's nephew Evan O'Connell, replacing Dermot Mangan, who drops to the bench. Liam Maloney and Matthew Lynch are also new to that replacements bench. Springboks director of rugby, Razi Erasmus, says they're interested in bringing Nigel Owens onto their staff to avoid repeating recent disciplinary issues. Erasmus has served a series of bans for publicly criticising match officials, most recently the performance of Wayne Barnes during their November meeting with France in Paris. The box approach to Owens is either surprising or totally understandable, depending on how you view things. When you consider the Welsh official was among Erasmus' most vocal critics back in November, Bringing former top-level refs into a coaching staff is not unusual, with Toulon having appointed Romain Poit to their backroom crew last year. Speaking today, Erasmus says some hurdles still need to be jumped before Owens will be on board. Well, I found him, we went something back, we had a good chat, I explained to him exactly what I think, um, you know, uh, uh, we need to get to, to, to uh, restore, uh, you know, the, the way when we communicate to World Rap because we've, we've tried in different ways and I've made some uh, errors there and I think there were some errors on, on both sides but you know uh, the stream box in South Africa is much bigger than, 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 than we having our scuffles and, and disagreeing with one another and um, Nigel specifically there's a few other options but he, he was the first guy after we had our first coaches planning meeting and just saying, but our boys, maybe we just don't understand this. You know, maybe just we just don't have the insights of of, of how these guys see us when we, we come across. And had a good discussion with him, you know. And for us, uh, again, we we taking we must take that to steering committees and give those things approved. And before it gets chopped, and say you can go with that and motivate those kind of things. But yes, I had a discussion with him. He explained his situation to me. I explained to him why I think and how I think, from when do I think um, he can help us. Um, uh, he's obviously got some, some uh, personal things that he has to sort out, but I, I think in the next week or two we'll be knowing through the steering committee and also recognizing his personal capacity if that's a go-ahead or not, but it would be great if it is. 
Finally, the financial crisis isn't just hitting English and Welsh sides. Top 14 strugglers Poe are expected to report a loss of between 1.8 and 2.5 million euro at the end of the current financial year. They've been hit by lower than expected gate receipts and a failure to meet commercial budgets. Poe also had to pay 800,000 euro to ex-All Black Tom Taylor, who was fired for misconduct in 2020, having left the country mid-lockdown without permission. Half of that was paid last year, with the other half due this year, pending an appeal. Despite the severity of their losses, Pope President Bernard Pontno says they can absorb the damage. That's it for today's Rugby Daily. Don't forget to subscribe to the OTB Rugby feed to get all these wonderful rugby podcasts first in your feed and leave us some positive feedback while you're there too. My name is Richie McCormack and I'll have team news galore for you on tomorrow's Rugby Daily. Thanks for listening.